welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast, where we help you cut through the noise and make informed, science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez. And in this episode, we are going to cover nine principles of a healthy nutrition pattern. And the reason that I want to cover this particular topic is I got a question recently of someone on social media and they asked, how would you sum up a quote unquote healthy diet or a healthy nutrition pattern? And I think it's important to really give an overview and really cover the overarching principles that I think are important. And then I can refer people to this episode and say, hey, this is a good episode to listen to. These are the things to pay attention to. And for those of you who are listening, you may have heard me talk about saturated fats or artificial sweeteners or some other topic, omega-3 fatty acids. And sometimes you can get really interested in all of these different topics, but you never put it all together. And that's what I want to do with this episode is put it all together and discuss the nine overarching principles that I recommend to focus on when trying to make your nutrition. And I want to talk about the nine principles that I recommend to focus on if you're trying to improve the quality of your nutrition. And these are not in any particular order, although they kind of are, um, as you'll hear as I go through them. But I think that they're going to be valuable to listen all the way through. Think about which areas that you could put personally use some improvement in and start to work on those particular areas. So this may seem overwhelming for some of you listening to this and thinking, oh, I can't do all of this at one time. I don't recommend this. Like this isn't saying, hey, go do all of these things. These are the things that I recommend to work on. And we're all going to be a work in progress. And where you are in terms of improving or, or having these nine things checked off, you know, green check mark is going to be different from person to person. And what may benefit you is going to be different, like in terms of things that you can change and improve upon based on your current habits. So I'm going to start with number one, eat plenty of minimally processed food. So the average American diet is 60% ultra-processed food. Ultra-processed food, these are foods that have been taken, like say, for example, corn. Corn's a minimally or unprocessed food. You take corn, we turn it into a tortilla, for example, that's minimally processed food. So if it's just corn and water, minimally processed food. And then you add in flavors and added fats and colors and taste profiles, or that's flavors, and that's a Cheeto. And so... There's a big difference between kernel of corn and a Cheeto. And we really want to be eating more of the minimally and unprocessed foods and less of the highly processed foods. And as I just mentioned, the highly processed foods make up the vast majority of the American diet. 60% of the American diet is highly processed foods. I think if you just went processed overall, it's something like 75%. It's a lot. And we need overall, that's one of the biggest things that people can do is consume more minimally processed food. Now, when I say minimally processed, uh, I don't necessarily mean that every single thing has to be cooked from scratch. I recommend checking out my processed food episode. I will link that in the show notes or you can just scroll back and listen to that episode because that's going to give you more information about this topic. And what I mean in terms of balancing processed versus unprocessed food and consuming enough processed food so that you're not experiencing the negative or or not consuming so much processed food that you're experiencing the negative effects of being exposed to all these potential you know, potentially harmful compounds if you're exposed to them at high doses 
And then also the nutrient inadequacy that can occur when you're consuming lots of processed foods because oftentimes the nutrients are removed from some of these foods. They have less fiber. They have less protein. They're easier to overeat. And if your diet is primarily these foods, that's going to be a problem. So that would be what I would recommend if right now you're consuming mostly processed foods, mostly ultra-processed foods, highly recommend trying to get more unprocessed and minimally processed foods into your diet. Number two, your nutrition strategy meets your energy needs. So I'm going to refer you to my energy balance podcast to go into more depth on this topic, but simply our energy intake is important and our energy expenditure is important. And if we're consistently taking in more than we expend, we're going to gain body fat. That body fat is eventually going to have a negative impact on our metabolism, on our health, going to increase our risk of cancer heart disease, Alzheimer's, almost every condition if we're consistently consuming too many calories. If we're consistently consuming too little, that can also have negative effects and lead to muscle loss, bone loss, and other negative health effects, fatigue, loss of menstruation in women. So we don't want to consume too many calories, and we also do not want to consume too little. And so it's important for us to understand our energy needs and make sure that we're paying attention or have some idea of our intake to make sure that those things are not completely out of balance, eating too little or eating too much. Number three, meats are micronutrient needs. So there are 13 essential vitamins and 16 essential minerals. These are 29 essential nutrients and essential means that we have to get them through food. And these nutrients, they support our overall health. And if we don't have enough of these nutrients, this can interfere with certain processes working the way that we'd like for them to work. So it's incredibly important that we're consuming enough of these micronutrients so that it doesn't lead to insufficiencies and deficiencies. This is something that isn't talked about enough. We have to have a bit of an understanding of our needs of vitamin D, calcium, potassium, and where we can get those specific nutrients from foods. Currently, 90% of the U.S. population isn't consuming enough choline, vitamin D, and most people aren't getting enough vitamin E, vitamin K, magnesium, vitamin A, vitamin C, and calcium aren't too far behind with about 40% of people not consuming enough. So we're talking multiple nutrients where the majority of the population isn't consuming enough of these nutrients and there are likely negative health effects associated with the underconsumption of these nutrients. So this is an important topic to understand. Let's say, for example, very few of the population meets consumption needs for potassium, and high blood pressure and hypertension are highly prevalent in the population. If, on average, people consume more potassium, we would expect blood pressure to go down based on lots of data that we have indicating that higher potassium consumption leads to lower blood pressure. So we need to have some understanding of various nutrients, important nutrients, and where to get them. And this is a topic that I'll probably do a podcast episode on pretty soon, but I'll probably mostly cover individual nutrients like I did in the omega-3 episode where I'll talk about, let's say, for example, magnesium in an episode. This is important, but it's also important to look at the bigger picture. And a good way to assess your nutrient intake is to track your calories for a period of time. And I know a lot of people don't like to do that, but it's a really important 
way to get information about your nutrition intake. And many people do, they track calories from a place of restriction. Talked about this in the energy balance episode. If you're tracking calories for the purposes of learning, it's a completely different experience and can be extremely beneficial. So this is a way to determine whether or not you're meeting your micronutrient needs. Number four, provide sufficient amount of fiber. Fiber is an important nutrient and the average person in the United States is only consuming 16 grams per day. This is about half of what is recommended. Many people are not consuming enough fiber. Fiber comes from fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, whole foods, processed foods typically don't have much fiber. And this is why people aren't consuming enough fiber because people aren't consuming enough whole plant foods and consuming far too many processed foods. So eating more fiber from the foods that I just listed, whole grains, nuts, seeds, legumes, fruits, vegetables, eating a wide variety of various plant foods is going to help you meet your fiber needs. So the average person is only eating 16 grams per day. A serving of whole wheat pasta has six grams. A, a slice of bread can have four or five. A orange has four grams. So this is a very small amount of consumption that's currently going on right now because most people aren't consuming almost no produce. So consuming more produce, consuming more nuts and seeds, consuming more whole grains, consuming more lentils is really important for improving dietary quality on a population level. And my guess is that many of you aren't consuming enough of some of these foods. So I recommend adding them in. Next is provide sufficient amounts of protein. This is another one that I'm going to discuss in more depth in a future episode. This is a complicated topic to really get into the weeds about, but essentially protein isn't just for building muscle. So people think about protein, they think muscle growth. I don't, I'm not trying to build muscle. I don't need protein, but protein is the amino acids that make up protein are important for every single aspect of our body. They are the building blocks for many of our cells and tissues. And so it goes far beyond building muscle. It goes down to production of neurotransmitters, production of hormones, production of various things throughout our body, enzymes and cofactors that are incredibly important for the normal function of our body. And if we're not consuming enough protein, we are not giving our body enough of those building blocks to optimally produce neurotransmitters and hormones and enzymes. And this is not good. Again, many people think protein is just about building muscle. It is not. It's about health. It is important to consume enough protein. Average protein consumption in the United States is 16% of the total diet. My personal thought process and my personal opinion is that it should be closer to 20 to 25% of the total diet or for an individual about 0.7 to 0.9 grams per pound of body weight unless you are pretty overweight in which case you can take that number by the amount of weight that you would be if your BMI was 25. So if you're, let's say, for example, you're 5'5", five five, if your BMI was 25 at 5'5", five five, I'm not sure what that number is, probably 160-ish, then multiply that 0.7 to 0.9 times 160, and that's your protein level. So protein, really important beyond muscle building. People who eat more protein have better metabolism. People who eat more protein retain muscle mass as they age. They have better physical function. They retain bone mass. Do not skip 
on protein. Make sure that you're consuming plenty of protein and prioritizing protein. And again, I'll do a whole episode on this, getting into more detail. Number six is going to be includes a wide variety of foods and a variety of different types of plant foods. I kind of alluded to this with the fiber point, but many people eat very not diets that don't have much variety, that lack variety. And it's really important to consume different types of plant foods because that exposes us to different types of nutrients, to consume different types of animal foods because that exposes us to different types of nutrients. And when we have a more balanced diet that includes dairy, that includes fruit, vegetables, legumes, different types of fruits, different types of vegetables, different types of legumes, different types of nuts, different types of seeds, different types of animal foods, eggs, milk, different types of dairy. When we consume all of these as a part of our diet, that helps us to meet our nutrient needs better. When we have a more limited diet, where let's say your vegetable consumption is only broccoli, you're going to miss out on other potential nutrients that you could get from other produce. So really shoot to try to have some variety in your diet. And it's really simple if you're adding, let's say, for example, broccoli to a meal to add in a mixed vegetable instead of just broccoli. Next, number seven is going to be limit sodium saturated fats and added sugars. These are three nutrients that have been shown to have negative effects on our health when we consume high amounts of them. Sodium increases blood pressure. Saturated fat increases LDL. Too much sugar can increase LDL, can increase blood pressure, can increase fatty liver, have negative effects on multiple organ systems. It's incredibly important that we don't overconsume these micronutrients. That doesn't mean that you have to completely avoid them. And completely avoiding them is not an ideal approach because that's going to be really difficult. It's okay if you have some saturated fat. It's okay if you have some sugar. It's okay if you have some sodium. And we'll talk about sodium specifically on a future episode because I want to cover that. I have that in the archive. And I've already talked about saturated fat. So I can send you that episode to learn more about that specific topic. But I recommend. You just pay attention. Saturated fat, general recommendation is not over 10% of your total energy intake. That's generally a good recommendation. Listen to the saturated fat episode that I'll link in the show notes if you want to hear more about that. Sodium is generally recommended to be under 3,200 milligrams per day. Recommend staying under that level, especially if you have high blood pressure. It would be incredibly important for you to pay more attention to it if you have high blood pressure. And then when it comes to sugar, the recommendation is not over 10% of your total diet from added sugars. Recommend staying under that level as well. So let's say, for example, you're eating 2,000 calories per day. That is under 50 grams per day of added sugar. It's probably better to shoot for even less than that, maybe like 5% of your total diet from added sugar. So that'd be 25 grams per day if your diet is 2,000 calories. So that's 1 20th of your diet comes from added sugar. I think that's a good spot to shoot for. So as I mentioned earlier, overconsumption of any of these three nutrients can have negative health effects. Next point, number eight, minimize alcohol consumption. Overconsuming alcohol increases risk of cancer, increases risk of injury and accident because people do dumb stuff when they're drinking. And it's really important to, we've kind of glorified drinking as a society and made it seem to be something that's, you know, completely without consequences. And that's not the case at all. There's a lot of consequences associated with overconsumption of alcohol with our, when it comes to our health, and we really need to be mindful of this. Um, your alcohol consumption should be a, a piece of your healthy lifestyle, and you shouldn't be 
Consuming alcohol at very high levels if your goal is to minimize your risk of cancer over the long run. Now, there is a case to be made for moderate consumption of alcohol having a reduction in cardiovascular disease risk. I'll cover this in a future episode as well. But it still increases cancer risk and it still increases our likelihood to do stupid stuff. And that's really important. The doing stupid stuff is probably the thing that has the biggest negative impact on our health when it comes to alcohol. And so if you're not doing stupid stuff, if you're consuming moderate and you're not overdoing it all the time or on a regular basis, you know, this probably isn't the major point of intervention for you. But if you're having multiple drinks per week, you're not controlling your intake, you're having, you know, high levels of consumption on the weekends, it's probably something that you need to think about modifying in your specific lifestyle. Last but not least, hydration. So making sure that you're staying hydrated. The general recommendation is to consume half of your body weight in ounces of water per day. Coffee, tea, you know, other beverages account as well. But my recommendation, consume some water, drink water, just drink water, okay? I know that many people don't want to drink water. Many people want to drink sweetened beverages. The reality is that water consumption is beneficial. You know, this is the, the OG of cleansing. When we drink more water, it helps us poop, helps us urinate more. That helps with detoxification. And this is the natural detox. This is an actual detox, consuming enough water. And so the I think it's like 20% of the population doesn't consume any water uh, on a given day. There's a percentage of you who aren't drinking much water. You need to be hydrating. And again, I recommend trying to focus on water so you're not constantly chasing things that have to taste good. You learn how to just drink water because just drinking water is going to be helpful for you. Okay. Increased water consumption prevents headaches. It helps people feel less fatigued. There's been multiple studies that have shown these outcomes. And there's many people who are walking around who say, I feel sluggish. I have brain fog. I'm tired. And they just aren't, aren't drinking enough water. So if this is the case for you, this may be a point of intervention for you. So let's go ahead and cover these nine principles of a healthy nutrition pattern. Number one, eat mostly minimally processed food or try to eat a large percentage of your diet for minimally or unprocessed food. Number two, your diet meets your energy needs. Number three, it meets your micronutrient needs. Number four, it provides sufficient amounts of fiber. Number five, it provides sufficient amounts of protein. Number six, it includes a wide variety of foods, many different types of plant foods and animal foods as well if you're not a vegetarian or a vegan. Or number seven, limited in sodium, saturated fat, and added sugar. Number eight, minimize alcohol consumption. And number nine, stay hydrated. So I will put these nine points in the show notes. Highly recommend checking those out. If you enjoy the show, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review for the show if you have not already. And if you're interested in learning more really in depth about these specific topics, I have my Fundamentals of Healthy Fat Loss course that goes into depth on every single one of these topics. It's not just a fat loss course. It's an overall Nutrition 101 course. And I'm going to be offering for one week only after this podcast is published a limited time discount. So 25% off discount on the course. The course is normally $200. it will be $150 it will be for one week. So this podcast will be published. It will be $150 for one week. And then it's going to go back up to $200. And then it's going to increase because I'm going to be making updates to the course. I think it gives a lot of value. And I think it's worth much more than what I sell it for. And once I update it, based on feedback from current students, I'm going to increase the price a little bit. So if you want to get this offer, 
It's going to be a limited time offer. Check it out. It's going to be the last time you're going to be able to get it at this price. And it goes into much more depth into all these topics. So check it out in the link in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I hope you all have a great week and we will talk soon. <music>